0: Welcome to the Soul Talks podcast, where we equip pastors, leaders, and other men and women in ministry to thrive with Jesus in their life and leadership. Now let's join Bill and Christy Galtier, doctors in psychology, spiritual directors, and founders of Soul Shepherding.
1: Hey friends, thanks for joining Soul Talks. So good to be in conversation with you. I want to give a shout out to Snoop3, who just left a review for Soul Talks, which we really appreciate all of you doing that, uh, says, I feel like I'm in your living room with you on Soul Talks as you get real with stuff that's going on in your life. It helps me understand the spiritual life with Jesus and emotional health, and that's what we're going to do today. We try to do that every week, but sometimes we we really get into it with um, a, uh, a conversation, and so we're going to unpack for you a conflict that Christian and I had uh, this summer. It was actually uh, shortly after my dad died, and we were preparing our backyard for uh, hosting his memorial service, uh, which I was officiating, and it was in the middle of COVID. And uh, so there's a lot going on there, and Christian and I had a conflict, and so we're going to kind of go back into that situation, and uh, we've already processed through this, we're going to uh, redo it for you to illustrate the uh, opportunity to repair after a conflict because that's the the most important thing for healthy relationships and healthy families is repair.
0: Repair is when you can actually each take your part in repairing a conflict between you and somebody else. And so it, it involves each person really deciding that they they want to invest in this relationship and that they're willing to take personal responsibility to look at what's my part in it.
1: That means no blaming, no finger pointing, no, no judging, no projecting, no fixing, uh, not, not focusing on the other person, no you statements. That means making I statements. This is what I, these were my emotions. This is what I was struggling with. This is where I was off and I'm sorry. We're, we're taking personal responsibility.
0: So all those things you said, no, 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 we all do. Yeah. And so it's not, it's not that you, because, you, I mean, you might listen to that and think, well, fine, then I can't do this. It's hopeless. But I do those things, but it's waking up to it. It's realizing you're doing it and owning it and, and genuinely feeling sad about it and, and g- recognizing and there's off- a better way.
1: Getting off that track of yes. of judging or giving advice mm-hmm. and getting on the track of self disclosure, mm-hmm. being vulnerable, uh, asking for empathy mm-hmm. as it relates to your emotions and needs, and then, and then uh taking the posture of a listener. And the more you can do that, the better. And if you can do that first, that's that's wonderful. Seeking and seeking list- to give empathy, seeking as, to you give empathy to- seeking as you to
0: listen to you. Seeking to understand. Yeah. It's a two way street in a conflict really, to make repair. I mean, most of the time, there's something that both people have, something they can participate in that they each need to own and ask ask to be understood. And, you know, asking forgiveness can be a part of it, but oftentimes you don't even have to do that because it just happens so naturally as you're participating with love and understanding and the truth and grace, it just opens up and, and the forgiveness just happens without any intention or even using that word
1: what you're saying is that if if i've hurt you or wronged you in some way and i come to you and i give you empathy that 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 there's a repair that happens there that even though maybe i haven't specifically said the words i'm sorry or will you forgive me that's being translated in the the course of the conversation and and the reconciliation Mm -hmm. process right yeah i mean it's always good to say you're sorry when you do something But sometimes we can
0: depend upon the word, I'm sorry, and will you forgive me to think we were made repair, but we haven't done any ownership or we haven't given any empathy. And it becomes kind of this rote decisional thing that doesn't really impact the heart and open us back up in love to each other.
1: Saying I'm sorry is is not sufficient to repair a conflict. Right. Uh, empathy and uh, processing are also needed.
0: And with each conflict there's an opportunity to really learn and discover and grow. You know, discover in awareness about yourself and about the person you love.
1: Now, that's not the way most of us think about conflict. Uh, there's an opportunity <laughs> of discovery. <laughs> a, a journey of of awareness and intimacy and uh, experiencing God's presence. Yeah. What a happy thing.
0: Yeah, well when we're in the conflict and hurting we don't see that.
1: <laughs> well, I mean you're sound like the Bible rejoice in trials, right? I mean there are a lot yeah. of scriptures about that. So that's that's true and if we can if we can get that attitude about it um ingrained in us before we're in a conflict, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then maybe when the conflict hits we can say okay, this is good for me to talk about this and to take ownership and uh, to be vulnerable and to give empathy. And- yeah.
0: But it might start just as a, a discipline of love. Yeah.
1: yeah. So what, what do you think you are listening to? You, to the ability to repair conflicts, to, to clear up misunderstandings, to work issues through, speaking the truth in, in love and with gentleness. That's the key to a healthy family and to healthy relationships. That's our premise here.
0: It is. And so it's worth, it's worth going through the pain and the difficulty.
1: Yeah. And we say it that way because so often what we've, Christy, we've talked to s- over the years, so many people, um, whether it's marriage counseling, family counseling, or just uh, other relationships people are having and helping them s- sort these things through. And there's such a tendency that we have to try to fix our our conflicts and, and, and figure out how to um, get along so it doesn't happen again. Which is, I mean, it's natural, and it, it, we would all like to be able to do that, but I always tell people, that's really not your first priority, and, and that's not even usually realistic for the most part. And what's much more important is than trying to prevent conflicts, because they're g- we're going to happen, even yes. if we can prevent some of them. Right. What's essential is that we're able to repair when they mm-hmm. do, Yes. that we know how to come back and... Uh, to apologize and to really open our heart to how the other one felt and to give that tender-hearted listening and empathetic understanding and affirmation and, and to be able to ask for that. When, when my needs aren't met or when I felt hurt, instead of reacting in anger or judging or stonewalling, to just come and be vulnerable and say, you know, this is how that felt for me. You probably didn't mean it, but these were, these were my emotions.
0: Yeah, and too often I think we, we try to just forgive and forget and move on. and not make the repair and we don't realize that that actually it's what's going unrepaired and that wound is festering and growing or maybe we'll just try to say the right thing to appease the other person and to try to close it all up and fix it and but then we're distracting from it and it, it comes up again
1: yeah forgive and forget is not a bible verse it's a bumper sticker and it's, it is not—it's uh, not the accurate interpretation of the Lord saying He removes our sins from us, or you know He, he doesn't call them to mind. Uh, you know, God doesn't uh, blot out um, m- the ability to remember things, and doesn't expect us to. We're going to remember things that are hurtful. The question is, what do we do with that? And the opportunity is to is to soak it in grace and mercy and love. And uh, so, uh, yeah, we want to process things through. And uh, the Bible's very much on the side of that in all the teachings on forgiveness and reconciliation, the Psalms, uh, Acts 15, when the apostles were having conflict, they had a council, they talked things through, they prayed things through. Uh, We we just see that time and again in in many different uh, examples throughout the scriptures. That's uh, a healthy faith is one that is uh, emotionally honest and we take ownership and we process through so with that introduction let's uh let's have a conversation Christy and um, we're just gonna invite you who are listening into this and hopefully this will help to um, put uh, skin and bones on what we're talking about here yeah so we uh, let us recreate the scene it's the night before um, the memorial service and uh, we're I'm we're in the backyard you and I and Brianna, and we're setting up chairs and we're setting up easy ups and Getting the whole thing situated for a service is going to have about thirty uh, people there coming in. We're all in COVID, so people are wearing masks, and it's early on in COVID. It's uh, July, uh, uh, end of July, and uh, we had uh, some some tension. I was in my, uh, I was under some stress, and I was in some perfectionism, and so I was setting up the chairs because I'm going to be speaking, and I wanted things to. And I wanted people to have social distance, and I felt responsible for everybody there. I didn't want people getting sick or feeling uncomfortable and so and i so I was working on that, and then you were trying to help and Brianna was helping, and at one point, I said to you, you know um." I think it'd be best for you to just leave. And I don't think I was that polite about it. <laughs> and so uh you you left and from that that's where the conflict started.
0: Yeah, that I felt that tapped into a wound for me of I'm not wanted and I was really there trying to love and help and serve and but I felt I felt not wanted, I felt offended, I felt hurt, I felt like my intentions weren't being appreciated. And I felt rejected and abandoned by you because then, you know, you just continued to partner with all the family, with the setup, and I was excluded from it all. And, you know, it was happening in our house. and I didn't really have any place to go, but I felt left out. I felt unwanted. I felt insecure. So it was painful for me. It was really painful for me. And there were, um, it was a really stressful time for us. So we were both in desolation because of all the stress that we were in. With you know family coming in town in the midst of a really busy ministry season for us, and we were under a lot of pressure with just the commitments that we had in our life on top of this. So we were squeezing all of this in. and then there was your grief, and i I wanted to care for you and the grief of losing your dad, but I didn't feel like you were letting me, and I felt like the ways I was trying, I was being rejected. And so that was hard for me because i didn't I didn't want to be selfish and need you'd have to repair me when you were hurting and I wanted to be able to be ministering to you.
1: So you you were trying so hard to be helpful and to be considerate of of me and my grief and my stress. and um, But you had been triggered. And mm-hmm. so you had some deep emotions of feeling rejected and mm-hmm. discarded and unwanted.
0: Yeah, I would say I felt like, I was a dog that you kicked out of the yard, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. it was just in your way. And, um, and I, I, so I was whimpering, I was hurting and yet I was feeling guilt and shame over that because I knew this was, I mean, this was your dad's funeral. You were burying your dad the next day. How could I have any needs? How could I, so I was feeling incredible shame and guilt over feeling so hurt and and, and so much desolation myself over it.
1: Yeah. I had a stress reaction and I got angry and... I'm really sorry about that. I regret that. And it was certainly insensitive and uncompassionate towards you. I was just I was so focused on I mean it seems silly now looking back on it, but so focused on getting the you know the setting right and um uh, and trying to deal with my own emotions and um wanting to uh and asking God to help me be a son who lost his dad and to have those memories and those emotions and not be, um, totally caught up in being the pastor of the memorial service. And so I was stressed with those roles and I was stressed with all this happening in the middle of, you know, a lot of ministry activity with soul shepherding and getting our house ready. I I felt like it was important to have the, the yard, um, so you know, vines were growing over the the walkway, and people needed to walk down the walkway. And it, the yard wasn't in great shape; I hadn't attended to it in quite a while. And we were hosting people, and my dad was into landscaping. He taught me how to take care of plants and things. And so there was—I spent a lot of time that week that I didn't have uh, in in the yard, making it nice and uh, thinking and feeling about my dad and connecting with him and. So I had a lot of stuff going on and I was not, I was not tuned into to you. I was really overloaded with, with all, all that stuff that I shared. And so, yeah, I had that stress reaction and snapped at you. And as soon as I did it, I felt guilty and, um, I was so overloaded. So you, you got the brunt of that and I'm really sad about that
0: yeah what well, was helpful when we we talked it all through at the time we neither of us had the ability to do that. We couldn't make immediate repair. I mean, I do think that you came up some hours later at bedtime and you apologized you said you know i'm I'm sorry, I got angry with you, but there neither of us had energy opportunity or or it wouldn't have been good for us to try to expect more at that point so i I appreciated that. And I believed you and knew you were sincere in that, but it didn't, it didn't, it wasn't enough because there was so much hurt in me that you're just saying you were sorry, um, was, was very helpful, but it still didn't take away all that I was feeling. And then there were some other things that happened the day of the memorial that also tapped into that same wound for me that I knew you weren't aware of and you didn't intend to do your intentions were all good in. So I had to continue to pray through that and ask the Lord to help me and, and go to the Lord for comfort and ability to continue to love you and but then there came a day when I knew I needed to I needed to ask for more empathy because I was really I was really hurting.
1: Yeah, was, we were actually driving up to the an institute week that we were going to lead um for a group of pastors and leaders in our car and and you, Two days after the you, service. The you memorial, asked to talk.
0: Yeah. I said, I, I'm i really still hurting um, over what happened as you were preparing for the service. And I understand you haven't had time, you know, to, to listen or deal with it. And I haven't wanted to even ask this because I've been in shame that I need it because I want to be blessing you. You're grieving. But I, I recognize I'm still really hurting and it's getting between you and I. I've got a wallet. And so you listened as i went into sharing what i'd been feeling that last week and shared with you some more instances where i had um been sensitive to feeling really rejected and really hurt and you listened well and you really were empathetic with how how that was hard for me how each of those things that i shared were really hard for me and you apologized and told me that you know you were so sad that i was feeling so discarded so unwanted so rejected so ignored and like i wasn't like you weren't receiving my my care and my love and all the things i was doing to try to love you well cuz i'd felt like you weren't appreciating or receiving any of that
1: well and that's so hard for you cuz you're a uh, exceptionally considerate person and so you you were thinking and feeling for me and when those good intentions were not um didn't seem like they were being appreciated by me or even noticed yeah uh let alone when when i snapped at you and was uncaring unkind Uh, so yeah it's very hurtful to you when your intentions to love are not appreciated and they don't result in a a heartwarming connection and so you you were suffering with that for a couple days there
0: yeah, I wasn't feeling seen. I was feeling like I had made a lot of sacrifices in love. And,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, you have. um,
0: And you were thanking everybody else for the things they'd done to help, but I, I wasn't receiving any appreciation or noticing or feeling like what I was sacrificing was seen. And I, that was hard for me because I didn't want to need that. I felt shame. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I felt think- like, well, I'm not doing this for appreciation. I'm doing this because I love him and his family. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this because I want to do it, so I was in crisis that I was feeling a need there from you
1: yeah and i I think that um where I did uh, thank you or appreciate you and perhaps quite inadequately, but even if it had been adequate until we repaired, mm-hmm. it wasn't going to land in your that's heart, right. that's right because you weren't feeling close to me yeah and yeah. and I i wasn't we hadn't had time to yeah. to really uh process and empathize with each yeah. other so y- you weren't feeling close to me because we hadn't repaired the way that i hurt you and you felt abandoned yeah. and we hadn't um processed at that point about my grief and what I was feeling you were just watching me go through it I
0: was watching you and I was I realized as we were processing through the week and how we each experienced it as I was sharing how I experienced it and you were listening and seeing it through my eyes and empathizing with me and then you were sharing your perspective and how it was for you and you were showing me the week through your eyes that was really helpful for me because then I woke up to realizing that oh I was judging you I thought you weren't grieving I thought that you were just doing all this yard work and all uh, and putting all your energy into preparing for the service and you were overworking and you were being heroic. And I had all these judgments of things you're distracting from the grief by all this busyness. I had all these judgments I was putting on you that weren't fair. And because I had thought that if you were grieving, you would be coming to me crying and sharing your emotions mm-hmm. and your feelings and receiving from me love and support and empathy and comfort, and you weren't doing any of that. And I was longing to give all of that. And so I realized as, as I was sharing with you, as you were sharing your week with me through your eyes that, oh, actually, his working in the yard was his grief. He was grieving. That's what he did with his dad. That was bonding to him. Oh, him pre- preparing for the service wasn't what I thought it was. He was grieving. He was reading his dad's Bible. He was looking at pictures from his dad's childhood. He was, he was feeling his feelings. He just wasn't doing it with me. I just, didn't, I just didn't know he was doing it. And I thought he was just over there in his head preparing, thinking about everybody else. And I didn't realize he was being a son and he was in his own grief process. And I, I felt walled out of that. And therefore, I judged you because I had an expectation that wasn't, I wasn't aware of.
1: And so then when we were in the car and we had two hours in the car to, to share and listen to each other, uh, I did share those feelings mm-hmm. and I did ask you for empathy. Mm-hmm. And so then that also help, helped you feel connected to me because it's much. a two-way street right? Uh, r- repair. Mm-hmm. And we, we both people n- need mm-hmm. empathy. And one might be more aware of it than the other, which our story plays out. You're more yeah. aware of your emotions than I am. But if if all we did was um, me empathize with you, that would have Mm -hmm. been very helpful and important. But it wouldn't have quite met the need.
0: No, uh, -uh. and it was so it was such a gift to me. Not only that you heard me and saw through my eyes and empathized with what the week was like for me, but it was so helpful to me that you invited me in to understand and see it through your your eyes, which were more thinking oriented and feeling in, a, in an action way. Now so. let's, let's
1: say more about that because there's, there's someone like me listening right now, a, a type A man or woman, a thinker, a doer, uh, not real emotion-oriented, uh, not, not quick to uh, understand what they feel or ha- admit that they have needs. And so help that person understand why... Why their spouse or their friend or their adult child uh, would be helped by, especially as it relates to repairing a conflict, but would be helped to understand what their emotions and their needs are, because that that person might feel like, well, I mean, I said I was sorry, and and I even you know listened and and was supportive, and and so doesn't that repair it? I'm I'm fine. I don't need anything.
0: Right. Well, it, what repaired we it was that you showed me that you cared about the relationship and that you were invested in mutuality that you understood that i didn't just want this all to be about me that i wanted to understand you too i was i was opening my soul vulnerably to share with you the depths of of my pain but i also it was reparative when you opened up the depths of your soul and shared with me from your perspective
1: because if you're what was always the on one that's vulnerable and having emotions or expressing needs and 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 I'm rarely like that then that's like shaming on mm-hmm. you yeah it's like you're right. you're it's like you're the needy one you're right. you're the burden you're you're yeah. the problem you're the child I'm, I'm always
0: the one having to ask for repair and empathy and to be understood and to be heard
1: right it creates a parent child mm-hmm. dynamic which is how we began right. our marriage because I'm the oldest child my family of origin Mm -hmm. and you were the youngest child Mm -hmm. and so that that's a very easy sort of pattern for people like us to fall into so when I was vulnerable with you about about my grief Mm -hmm. and um, things I was missing about my dad and uh, and
0: how that was connected to all the things I was seeing you were doing that I'd missed I didn't see that connection
1: And so that helped you understand me. It helped you feel close to me. It helped me
0: not take personally things that I was taking personally, thinking uh that they were about me because I was just misunderstanding how you felt. And it also helped me to understand the meaning in the decisions and actions that you were taking and how that was good for you because I was missing that.
1: And it gave you this sense of significance and dignity to support me.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So there was
1: mutuality there. Mm -hmm. We both had emotions and needs.
0: Mm -hmm. And it helped me. I I think next time, I hope next time, it will help me to love and support you in grief in a better way than I was able to this last time. Because now I have a better understanding of how you would like to receive that, what you need from me. It wasn't what I thought because what I thought you rejected, you didn't need. You needed what I didn't give because I didn't know that's what you needed that now I know. So I hope to remember that.
1: Well, I really appreciate that. And, you know, thank you for sharing with me. Thank you for your, your openness and your vulnerability. And, um, thank you for initiating, you know, for saying you wanted to talk and, and for drawing me out and, uh, and then you know even now uh, your courage to to go back to this again and invite our soul talks listeners into this conversation you know because they're everyone listening is probably relating to either you or me or it 's reminding them of a dynamic in in their marriage or another relationship, and so you know uh, friends listening we 're just hoping and praying that this will will help you in your self awareness in your empathy and in just facilitating. Uh, healthier, warmer, more honest and loving relationships in in your family.
0: Yeah. And thank you because it was courageous of you again to be willing to revisit this and to do it in front of the mic and again to share a vulnerable time. That was a, a time of real pain and incredible stress for you.
1: Yeah. So thank you all for being on the journey with us following Jesus and uh, really appreciate you putting in your reviews for Soul Talks on your podcast app. That helps other people to find us. It helps us to uh, learn from your experience. And gosh, you know, I wish we were just all together right now at the Soul Shepherding Institute because what we would be doing right now is we'd say, okay, who has some questions or comments? Yeah. We'd say, let's squeeze the sponge because yeah. this is what we do at the Institute. We we do share things like this, personal uh, real life stuff uh, that we process and then we we let people uh interact and ask questions and share their stories, and so we all learn together so uh but you can send us your questions anyway and what you want us to talk about on on the podcast and uh, we really appreciate that because uh gosh it 's just fun to do life together and follow Jesus together and to you know be in a context where where we can be real and where you know f- faith isn 't uh, our our faith and our discipleship aren't just uh, principles or ideas or uh, actions that we should be committed to do, but it's, it's relational. It's, uh, there's emotions that are involved, and we have struggles with that. And th- These things are mentionable, and when we're honest and we, we talk about it, we understand each other, we, we can pray through these things, and it's how we grow to be more like Jesus and to be more loving and more effective in our leadership. So, Jesus, we just give you praise. You are the emotionally healthy one, the righteous one, the holy one in every way, Lord. You're the the master, and we see that time and again in the Gospels, how you dealt with stress and conflict and injustice, and uh, you had emotions about that, and you were able to be honest about what you felt, and and yet you never reacted uh, from that stuff in ways that were harming other people. And you were always uh, open and vulnerable with your father, and uh, you taught your disciples how to live this life of of faith and to do it with, with feeling, with authenticity, with with vulnerability, and with uh, perseverance, and even with grit. Help us understand, Lord, that to to be really. Uh, persevering and and effective and strong in our leadership, in our ministry, in our various roles of how we serve you, that it actually helps us to find the tender places, the broken places, the vulnerable places, and to and to and to be aware of those things, to feel that stuff, to pray about it, talk to somebody who who's safe and who can help us, so that we can be more wholehearted and uh, ha- have more awareness so that we can have more self-control uh, in how, how we act and how we relate and so forth. So thanks, God, for your blessings. on each one listening, so thankful for them and how they're leaning in close to you. And uh, just pray that these podcasts would just continue to be helpful to our listeners in, in their relationships and in their leadership. And uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Surprising Joy is a new resource for Advent that we want to bless you with, friends. This will be so encouraging for you in your intimacy with Jesus and your uh, devotions in Scripture this Advent season. It's a high-quality resource produced by studio artists. I've written the the very short uh, meditations off of a Scripture verse, and this will really bless you to journey with an Advent character uh, to celebrate the birth of Jesus and experience his presence anew in your life today. So go to soulshepherding.org on the store and you'll find it there or you can get the link in the show notes here. Thank you for joining us on the Soul Talks podcast. To find out more about growing in your life and leadership, subscribe to the podcast and visit us at soulshepherding.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram